Y'all pretty, but y'all ain't got no life. <laughs> if you're glad to be here, say amen. 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 Let's all stand. I'm going to ask Brother Barry Roach to come and open us in a word of prayer this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the day. Lord, we just thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, we just thank you for your love and your mercies. Lord, and we just pray, Father, that if there's one here today, Lord, that doesn't know you, Lord, today might be the day, Father, that they'd come to know you. Lord, and we just thank you that Brother John's back. We pray that you be with him as, as he preaches this morning. We pray for the choir. Pray for Terry as he leads the choir, Lord, and we just thank you for all that you do for us. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Main standing, page 176. There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven that old account was standing for sins and Standing page 279. 
64, page 64.
continuing to play y'all have some fellowship and if you need to bring your tithes and offerings you can do so at this time
so good to see all of you. If you're glad to be here this morning, I want to hear a big amen from all of you. Amen. Good to see all of you this morning. Good to see our visitors here. We thank you for coming to Merville Baptist Church. Let me make some quick announcements. We'll get on with our meeting this morning. Uh, there was a scheduled youth choir practice this morning after service, but we're not going to be having that. Miss Megan is, un Meg Megan is under the weather, and so we want to, first of all, pray for her and her family, that God would be with them. But uh, no choir practice this morning and no choir singing tonight. And so remember all of that. Matter of fact, concerning tonight's service, the deacons I and I have talked, we've got so much going on with Vacation Bible School coming up, the 4th of July right here on our heels and all, that tonight's service is canceled. Well, I thought I'd get an amen right there. Well, we'll go ahead and have service tonight, amen? No, no tonight's service is canceled and so we want you to, I know we got a lot of family coming in for the 4th of July and things like that. So uh, we decided to cancel. Uh, July, the, thank you. Thank you, Brother Barry. Amen. Uh, July the 9th, there will be Vacation Bible School Work Day here at the church. So remember that. And then our, our Vacation Bible School is going to be July the 11th through the 14th. So be in much prayer about it and, and, and really pray that God had used this time with those young people to influence their lives for Jesus Christ. I promise you this, the devil is influencing their life for sin and himself. And we need to do every effort that we can to make this as big as we can and try our best with the, with the blessings of God upon us to influence children for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Look at all he's done. 
think it be fitting that a child sing that to us. The Bible says that a child shall lead them. Sometimes us grown-ups think that our problems are so big God can't handle them, but there's nothing too big for our God. Amen. Thank you, Miss Ellie. Thank you so much. Let's be taking our Bibles to the book of Psalms chapter 9. The book of Psalms chapter 9. Coming up on July the 4th, uh, tomorrow marks July the 4th, our 200, if I've, if I've done the math right, it's 226 years ago, I believe, 246 years ago, 246 years ago, we proclaimed liberty, amen, it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ that we could do so. Had it not been for him, we would not be living in a free country today. And uh, I'm going to be preaching along those lines. I'm going I'm to preach a message entitled, July the 4th, 2022. July the 4th, 2022. Psalms chapter 9, and while you're standing, I do want to say thank you to all of you who have welcomed us back from the meeting in Kansas. I was at Emmanuel Bible Baptist Church out in uh, Galva, Texas, uh, Kansas, and uh, landed in Wichita, stayed in Hutchinson, preached in Galva, and uh, had a great time, a great church meeting, some precious people out there in that, in that church, and it was a great church meeting, but I want to say this. Thank you to all of you who prayed for us while we were there. Uh, I was the only preacher during that revival. You know, Brother Joe normally goes with me, but he wasn't able to go this year. But uh, thank you for praying for us while we were there. Uh, the church got a lot of help, and we appreciate that. Psalms chapter 9. Psalms chapter number 9. Just one verse of scripture, and I want us to read it probably twice just for emphasis and to really get the meat of what this one verse of scripture is saying to us. In verse number 17, it says, the wicked shall, not maybe, not might, or possibly, but the wicked shall, shall 
be turned into hell. And there's another group. All the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And with that thought in mind, I want you to keep that in your heart and in your mind as we preach through this thought on July the 4th, 2022. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we are a blessed people and thank you for being so good to me personally. Thank you for being good to my family. Thank you for being good to my church. Lord, thank you for being good to this country. And Lord God, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we're looking to you for the assistance of heaven, for the, for the help and the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. For Lord, without you, I cannot do this. And I pray that, Lord, my, my mouth and my, my mind would be clear this morning. That, Lord, you'd use me as your vessel to sound forth the truth of the Word of God. I pray, Father, that you'd please bless. Bless our dear people. Bless this coming July the 4th. And, uh, Lord, the ongoing vacation Bibles. Everything we've got going on, God, please. We need you to breathe upon everything. So, Lord, please bless now as we've gathered ourselves together around the good Word of God. Make it clear, make it plain, make it powerful. And we're thankful for everything that you'll do in Jesus Christ's name. And all of God's people said, you can be seated this morning. It's been said that a nation which does not remember... What it was yesterday does not know what it is today, nor what it is trying to do. The saying goes on to say this, we are trying to do a futile thing. If we do not know where we came from or what we have been about, Woodrow Wilson, President of the United States, said those words. Another President of the United States said these words. He said, at what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? He said, I answer, if it ever reach us, danger, if it ever reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, We must live through all time or die by suicide. 246 years ago, on July the 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed in Philadelphia by 56 courageous men. It is one of America's historic documents. It marked the birth of this nation and with this passing, America became destined for world leadership. We often forget this monumental truth. When those men signed that document declaring independence from an earthly power, our forefathers also decreed a dependence upon Almighty God. The closing words of this famous document solemnly declare these words, quote, with a firm reliance 
on the providence of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, end quote. The men who signed that document understood that if they were to be if they were to succeed, it would mean years of hardships in a struggling new nation. If they lost, they would face a hangman's noose as traitors. Of those 56 brave men, five were captured by the British and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes looted, occupied by the enemy, and burned. Two lost their sons in the army. One had two sons captured, and nine died in the war, either from hardships or as bullets. And the most amazing thing to remember about these men is that they were not poor men, but rather very rich men who enjoyed the luxuries of life. But they considered liberty much more important than the prosperity they had. When they, st when they stated in their pledge to include their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor, they knew what that entailed, and they meant it. John Adams said after the signing of the declaration to his wife Abigail, he said, I am well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. Yet, through the, all the gloom, I can see the rays of light and glory. And I can see that the end is worth more than all the means. Men from the 13 original United States, including three men from the state of Georgia, Button Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, after named at, uh, his name was used to name this county, and George Walton signed this famous document. John Quincy Adams said these words. He said, posterity, speaking to me and you. He said, posterity, you will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make good use of it, our freedom. It's sad in this country that freedom in America in July the 4th has been reduced to fireworks, food, and fire water, as the old Indians would call it. We live in one of the greatest countries that's ever been born in the world. And we are a blessed nation. And those blessings are upon us today because of the Lord Jesus Christ and God His Father. No other reason are we blessed other than the hand of God upon this great nation. I want to preach for a little while on July the 4th, 2022. And I want to talk, number one, about the infancy of America. We had great Christian leaders in America. We had great Christian leaders in America. I'm, I'm speaking totally from a biblical viewpoint now. I'm not speaking from personal uh, likes, dislikes, or standards. But I am going to speak from a biblical viewpoint. The greatest nation on planet earth is the nation of Israel. They are the apple of God's eye, God's chosen nation. 
God chose them through the, through the man Abraham back in Genesis chapter number 12. And they are still God's apple of His eye. They are still the nation that God is going to use to bring back His Son the second time. He used that nation to bring back His Son the first time. He will use that nation to return His Son the second time. The nation of Israel enjoyed such a heritage as men as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Men like Joseph and Moses and David and Solomon, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. But can I say this, that the second greatest nation, in my personal view, is America. I'm thankful to be called an American. I know around the world that we are disdained by some. We are liked by a few. But thank God, nonetheless, I'm thankful to be called an American. I do believe it's the second greatest nation on planet Earth. And it used to be the most moral and Christian nation on planet Earth. We've enjoyed men as our heritage, such as George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Benjamin Franklin, General Robert E. Lee, and others, men who stood for God and were true patriots for the cause of Christ. As, a, as an atheist, British historian and author, Neil Ferguson is not an expected source for kind words about the impact of religion on the world. Yet he wrote a book entitled Civilization, The West and the Rest. In that book, Ferguson included this revealing statement about America. He interviewed a member uh, of the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences who told him they had diligently searched for the secret and the growth and influence of Western culture. At first, he said, he writes in his book, we thought it was because you had more powerful guns than we had. Then we thought it was because you had the best political system. This is the words of an atheist writing about America. He said, we thought it was because you had the best political system. Next, we focused on your economic system. He said, but in the last 20 years, we have realized that the heart of your culture is your religion. He went on to say these words, Christianity, uh, Christianity. He said, the Christian moral foundation of social and cultural life was what made possible the emergence of capitalism and then the successful transition to democratic politics. We do not have any doubt about this. Your religion, Christianity, made you what you are today. America is not blessed because of its political system, nor its judicial system, nor its welfare system, nor its educational system, nor its defense system. But America is great because of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has made this country into what it is today. We believed in Christian liberties. Engraved upon the walls of the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C. are these words, quote, listen to them closely. 
It said, God who gave us life gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, still quoting, these are inscribed on the Washington Memorial or the Jefferson Memorial. It says that, said that I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that His justice cannot sleep forever. These words were spoken by the third president of the United States and then inscribed on the Jefferson Memorial. God gives man liberty, but man de destroys that liberty when he forsakes God in his ways. Can I get an amen? Our heritage includes the establishment of churches and Sunday meetings across this land. When America began growing, the center of every new settlement in this land was the church house. Jesus Christ was the center of homes. He was the center of businesses. He was the center of governments and schools. Every Sunday, God was reverenced. His word was preached and his people prayed. The first coin that was ever minted in America had a picture of Moses on it, stamped with the words, In God we trust. Contrary to the claims of free thinkers, atheists, and agnostics in this land, America was not founded by deists, but by men and women of the Christian faith. They realized and recognized the necessity of Christian morality in public life. In 1787, the representatives met in Philadelphia to write the Constitution of the United States. They struggled for several weeks without any production of a Constitution. An 81-year-old Benjamin Franklin stood up and addressed that assembly of men. And he said these words. He said, in the beginning of this contest with Britain, he said, when we were sensible of danger... We had daily prayers in this room for divine protection. He went on to say, he said, Our prayers, sirs, were heard and they were graciously answered. He went on to say, All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of superintending providence in our favor. Have we forgotten this powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need His assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time, he said. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth. That God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it possible that an empire can rise with his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings... That except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberation, deliberation be held in this assembly every morning that was spoken by one of the leaders of this great country. God give us leaders like that again in Washington, D.C. that will realize that without God, this country will fall. 
when a government tries to govern themselves without the guidance of God Almighty, that government will fail and it will fall and great will be the fall of it. George Washington said these words, a leader of America. He said, you do well to wish to learn our arts and ways of life and above all the religion of Jesus Christ. He went on to say, these will make you a greater and happier people than you are now. Uh, Samuel Adams, signer of the Declaration of Independence, said these words. He said, I rely upon the merits of Jesus Christ for pardon of all my sins. Thank <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Preach it, Samuel. Let us secure His favor and He will lead us through the journey of this life and at length receive us unto a better. John Adams, second president of the United States, said these words. He said, the great principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow and I, that and I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. He went on to say the Christian religion is above all the religions that ever prevailed or existence in ancient or modern times. The religion of wisdom, virtue, equity, and humanity, humanity is the, the religion of Jesus Christ. John Quincy Adams, sixth president of the United States, said this, The hope of a Christian is inseparable from his faith. Whoever believes in the divine inspiration of the Holy Scriptures must hope that the religion of Jesus shall prevail throughout the earth. Then the father of American medicine and signer of the Declaration of Independence, uh, Dr. Benjamin Rush, said these words. He said, the gospel of Jesus Christ prescribes the wisest rules for just conduct in every situation of life. He said, happy they are who, who are enabled to obey them in all situations. He said, my only hope of salvation is in the infinite transcendent love of God manifested to the world by the death of his son upon the cross. Nothing but his blood, what y'all sing about this morning, Brother Terry, nothing but his blood will wash away my sins. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. John Witherspoon, a signer of the Declaration, said these words, Christ Jesus, the promise of old made unto the fathers, the hope of Israel, the light of the world and the end of law for righteousness to everyone that believe that is the only Savior of sinners in opposition to all false religions and every uninstituted right. God give us some men and women who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ one more time. God give us some men, some women who are not ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. Give it to us in the churches to begin with. And then God, please, give it to us in Washington, D.C. Speaking at a prayer breakfast in Dallas, Texas, August 1984, President Ronald Reagan said these words, Those who created our country 
the founding fathers and mothers understood that there is a divine order that transcends the human order. They saw the state, in fact, as a form of moral order and felt that the bedrock of moral order is religion. A state is nothing more than a reflection of its citizens. The more decent the citizens, the more decent the state. He went on to say, without God there is no virtue because there is no prompting of the conscience. Without God, there is no coarsening of the society. And without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. We upheld Christian laws. And today, we have a group of legislators and lawmakers who believe that they are smarter than God And we can legislate ourselves with our own laws. I wish I could get an amen right there. The primary educating tool that was implemented in government decisions and leadership was the Bible. The Bible was used to educate the children. That would carry on the heritage of these great men. They don't want the Bible in schools anymore. They want it out. They want the Ten Commandments off of his walls. They want, they want the Pledge of, of Allegiance out of the schoolrooms. They want prayer out of the schoolrooms. They do not want God in our education system. The Bible was used to educate the children that would carry on the heritage of these great men. The men that founded our country believed this one thing, that their well-being would be governed by the Word of God. And if it was good for them... It would carry the younger generation down the same godly path. We could have been born a nation in a nation such as India. And I've been there. We could have been born there. You young people listen to this old preacher. We could have been born in India. And they believe in 33 million gods in India. And they believe all 33 million gods live in the belly of a cow. They're so superstitious when they leave the house in the morning. They take little chalk and, and draw on their, on their doorstep uh, their god with chalk. Supposing that that god, that drawn god will protect their house. I just hope a thief believes the same thing. (laughs) We could have been born in a nation like India. We could have been born in Thailand that believes in Buddha and enlightenment as a means to, to end pain and suffering. We could have been born in Iraq that believes in Allah and destroying all infidels and conversion by the sword. We could have been born in China that believes in Taoism that offers a belief of you having a close relationship with nature and the universe. But here we are in America, who was founded on the belief of the Holy Bible and a holy God who wrote it. We're placed in America by God. We're blessed in America by God. We're saved in America by God. We owe a great deal to God and to this land of America for our freedoms as children of God. But I want to talk secondly. That's the infancy of America. I want to talk secondly about the insistence of America. The choices she has made. Going into World War II, America was not a world power. She didn't want to be. She was just, she was enjoying 
trying to come out of the Great Depression and trying to recover from the Great Depression. She was trying to rebuild herself. She was trying to get food all across the land. It really was in those days America first. They were concentrating on America. They did not want to go into the war, World War II. There were two leading powers back in those days. There was Germany and Japan. Look at history to tell you that. There was Germany and Japan and they were on the move. It was not until Japan attacked Pearl Harbor that, was, that pulled us into the Second World War. They didn't know that America had two bombs already made just in case. We dropped those two bombs on Japan and totally obliterated those two places. We went in, made friends with that land that we conquered and we helped them rebuild. And we tried our best to spread freedom around the world, the freedoms that we were enjoying. When we emerged out of World War II, the, na the nation of America was trying it to rebuild itself, rebuild other countries. They were trying to rebuild countries that, that uh, Hitler had ravaged and destroyed. We were trying to do everything worldwide to try to help peace and freedom around the world. We came through the 50s and the 60s. I was raised in the 50s and 60s. That was a great time in American Americana. That was a great time to enjoy this land. I remember as a little boy being able to uh, run around the, the neighborhood. I, uh, my, my mama would let me ride my bicycle a mile away to go visit some of our cousins that lived close to us a mile away. She would let me freely just take off and go visit my cousins. I remember running around the dirt streets that, of what, where we lived. I remember running through the cornfields and enjoying getting dirty. And my mama telling me, if I didn't wash my feet, I'd be able to grow corn at the foot of my bed. I, rem I, remember, I remember good times in America. Little children can't do that anymore. They can't run free. You've got to hold on to them, harness them, uh, afraid that somebody... You know what I'm saying. It was a good time in America back in them days. Old Chevys and Fords and a Dodge or two, you know, here and there. It's a good time in America. Look where we're at today. America is insisting on becoming a perverted nation. And by the way, the reversal of Roe versus Wade at the Supreme Court, that did not stop abortion. It just gave the freedom to the states to decide. And that's where it should be. We shouldn't have abortion, period. The state I just came out of, Kansas, is a free abortion state. They're fighting it now. It's depending upon the Christians in Kansas to fight it to the max, to bring that state up under control. They say, it's my body, my choice. You should have made that choice long before it became a baby in the womb. They're insisting on this country becoming immoral. 
the Sodomite agenda in this land will and is bringing the swift and sure judgment of God upon America. That's stout words, but it's true. I've read in my Bible twice this morning where that Sodom and Gomorrah is in 2 Peter chapter 3 and in the book of Jude. Sodom and Gomorrah was given as an example of those that should live ungodly. The homosexuals is bringing swift judgment of God upon our land. Why? Because they insist that they be able to do their sins freely. The choices she's made been been good up to a point. Sure are bad now. Sure are wicked now. The American dream has become an American nightmare. We have people wanting to come into the country now not for the freedoms but to enslave it even further. The spirit of Antichrist is upon this land. Listen to this preacher. I'm I'm preaching what God's word says. The spirit of Antichrist is upon this land. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. It said, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And that's what we have sweeping our land today. It's the latter times. It's not we're living right on the very edge of Jesus coming back. And he's going to jerk the church. You know what? You know what this world wants? They want a land without the church. We are in their way. That's what this world wants. They want a church gone. Do you know what the Bible calls a world without the church? Jesus Christ tagged it with this title. The Great Tribulation. That's what it's called. Without the church, no preachers, no Bible, no choirs, no musical instruments, no special, no children getting up and singing specials, no witness, nothing, nothing of God. That's what this world's wanting. And Jesus said that'd be the great tribulation. And God's going to give it to them. The spirit of Antichrist is upon this land and every movement is taking us away from God and His Word into defending, celebrating, and legislating for sin. In the name of minority, sinful groups are demanding that their preferences be the law of the land. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 29, verse number 2. It said, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule... The people mourn. Can you wonder why nations around us detest America? Now think about it. We out of one corner of our mouth profess Christianity. Out of the other corner they legislate for sin. And they look on the inside and say that's a Christian nation. We're more righteous than they are. Can you wonder why other nations detest America? 
They look at us as a bunch of hypocrites because of what we do and say being such opposites. God's laws promote a relationship between God and man. God's laws promote the family. God's laws promote honesty. God's laws promote personal responsibility. And God's laws promote hard, this is going to be hard on you now, they promote hard work. That's what God's laws promote. Thomas Jefferson said this back in his day. He said, the democracy will cease to exist when you take away from those who are willing to work and give to those who would not. Thomas Jefferson said that. He said, I predict future happiness for Americans if they can prevent the government from wasting the labors of the people under the pretense of taking care of them. You do know the government will not take care of you. You do know that the government does not make money. They take money. And it's your money that they're taking. I saw a cartoon drawing one time. And it showed an individual down on earth looking up to God. And said, why didn't you... Give us a doctor who would cure cancer. And the answer from heaven was, I did, but you aborted them. Think about it. Think about it. What have we done? What have we done with all our insistence to follow hard after sin? I don't understand this. You can't spank your child, but you can abort it. I don't understand that. I don't understand that kind of mentality. It's stupid. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> did you know, I'm, I'm not going to read all of this right here, but did you know whenever President Donald Trump was president, did you know that the March for Life in Washington, D.C. had and celebrated its 45th March for Life in America. 45 years they held the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Did you know with the appearance of President Trump, that was the very first time in 45 years years marching for life and the constitution says we realize this of the unalienable rights the life 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 and for the first time in 45 years a president of the united states attended that march and spoke at it our land is insisting on legislating for sin and following hard after sin today. And can I throw this one in? Not just abortion, homosexuality. Can I throw in the immorality of shacking up and living together? I don't care what Hollywood says about it. It's, it's sin in the Word of God. It's sin. 
But then I want to talk about in closing. I've talked about the infancy of America. I've talked about the insistence of America. But I want to talk thirdly and finally about the intentional, the intentional forgetting of God in America. Our text says, the wicked shall be turned into hell in all the nations that forget God. That word forget means to neglect willfully. It means to disregard or slight, to fail to think of, to take no notice of. And it's coming down to this, and I, I believe that COVID was used by God to accentuate and highlight this one truth. There are only two sides. You're either on God's side or you're on the devil's side. And that's where we are at. That's where we've come to in America. And we see it building and building. Ever since 2020, we see it just building and manifesting itself like never before. There's only two sides. You're either on God's side or you're... It's not Republican or Democrat. Democrats can't even be called Democrat anymore. They are just gone off the edge liberal, demonic liberal. There's no such thing as Democratic Party anymore. It's the, it's the demonic party. And there's only two sides that we can stand on. And it's either God's side or the devil's side. It seems like we need to rise up as Christians and take the side of Jesus Christ in our society. We need, to take our, we need to take a stand for Jesus Christ like never before as Americans. Our forefathers fought for our liberties. They were ready to give their lives by means of a bullet if it took it to preserve what you and I enjoy, are enjoying today. And we will not even rise up and say anything for the cause of Christ because we're scared of who might, we might offend. It, that day's over. That day's far gone. We need to rise up as Christians and say, I'm going to take, I'm going to, be, I'm, going to, I'm going to love Jesus Christ more and stand for Him more than I ever have before. And take a holy, bold stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness right there? We need some, we need some Christian Americans. And we need to begin in the church house that are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That will stand boldly and firmly upon what this book says. No matter what the world is trying to demand out of us. We need some Christians that have fallen in love with Jesus. And say I'm going to draw closer to Him than I've ever before. I'm going to draw closer to Him and stand for Him than I ever have before. And by God's help, I'll stand there till He called me home. There's an underlying spirit to keep us divided today. But that division has slipped into the churches and it's divided between those who will take a stand and those who won't. And I'm, I'm imploring all of us today that name the name of Jesus Christ to ask God to help us be the Christians that we should be in this latter day.
Sis, you come to the piano for me. How many of you love America? Say amen. amen. Well, I'm going to ask you this. How many of you love Jesus Christ? Say it bigger. Amen. 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 Thank God for kids who will say that. There's kids that don't even know what Jesus Christ did for them in America. And we are living in the Bible Belt. I mean, we're the buckle of the Bible Belt. We have a heritage handed us of men who blazed the trail through this area. And we are the ones, if anybody, that should be standing and standing tall and standing right for the cause of Jesus Christ. I just visited a church in Kansas. And I implored them to do the same identical thing that I'm begging our church to do. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. The further this world seeps into sin, we should just go further into the love of Jesus Christ. As they are just insistently going and just trying their best to stand for sin, we should get that more determined to stand. Somebody, somebody has got to stand up for Jesus somewhere. It might as well be Christians. <laughs> Who else is going to do it? Nobody. It's going to be us and us alone to stand. It's my greatest concern is not whether God is on our side, but my greatest concern is am I on God's side? Am I doing this God's way? And I want to be sure that when He calls me home, I've done it His way, and His way alone. As we stand this morning across the auditorium, you say, preacher, what can we do? We can pray. We can pray. We can witness to others. We can vote. We can vote and vote as close to this Bible as we can find. We can vote. And greatest of all, we can stay clean ourselves until Jesus comes. The heads bowed, eyes closed. Can we find ourselves, Christians, across these altars? Praying for our country, praying for ourselves, praying for our leaders, praying for our churches, praying for this church, praying for this preacher, this church. The church is under attack today and it will get worse and heavier as we draw close to the coming of Jesus Christ. Would you come down here and pray for me? Would you come down here and pray for this church? Christians, let's pray. Let's unite together to pray and seek God like never before and go out with, with our hearts and our lives in tune with Jesus Christ till He calls us away. July the 4th, 2022.
do not pass me by. Oh, Savior, oh, Savior, hear my humble cry. Oh, while on earth as I call for me, do not pass me by. You may be here this morning and never been saved. Today would be a good day for you to come and bow your knees to Jesus Christ and ask Him into your heart to save you, to change your life. You may be here today and never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you come today? and Let Him into your heart today. We need you on the Lord's side. We need you helping us. Would you come today and ask Jesus to save you? While on others, are you certain that you're saved? Are you sure? Is there that, that sweet assurance of Christ in your heart that you are saved? You know, I got to thinking about it. You say, preacher, what must I do to be saved? On your part, here's what you've got to do. Be 100% sinless. If you're going to get to heaven, that's what you've got to do. Be 100% sinless and without fault. But that's impossible with any of us. That's why Jesus Christ came. To take our place on Calvary. And die for us. And if we would believe in what he's done for us. Then we can be saved. By the grace of God. Not the works of ourselves Or sinlessness of ourselves Never happened. But thank God for the salvation of grace. Amen. Amen. Remember no service tonight. And uh, no, no choir practice or anything like that. You're glad you came this morning. Say amen. 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 It's good to be back. I wish I'd give every one of you a big hug. I'd do it. Love you. Love these kids. One of the first ones I saw when I got out of my car.